The twins' backs are against the wall, but that wall just happens to be at home. Do the twins have enough juice to force a game five against the Astros? We'll talk about that today. This is Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello again and welcome back to Locked on Twins. I'm your host, Brandon Warren, and you can find me on Twitter, though I don't think I would, at Brandon underscore W-A-R-N-E. Thanks for making Locked on Twins your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. And of course, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. As a reminder, please feel free to be active in the comments, especially on these live shows. Love hanging out with you guys, talking to you guys. Um, I'll do my best to hang out in the comment section on the non-live videos as well. But uh, yeah, send those in. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. The Twins have the Astros in game four at Target Field AL Division Series and it's a 6.07 p.m. first pitch, Joe Ryan versus Jose Urquidy. We'll have a full breakdown of that here um, in this episode. But catch every pitch of the Twins' hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the app. Just search Twins. Now, I wanted to go back and rehash Game 3 just a little bit. Just kind of get a feel for the... I don't know if you would you call it a fumbled bag. I don't know. The twins came into the the matchup with what you would expect to have the pitching advantage. And, um, you know, it was a four spot in the first inning. And from that point on, Christian Javier could kind of do whatever he wanted, which is what he did um, outside of the five walks. Um, But it wasn't it wasn't as ugly as a nine to one game would maybe indicate. You know, things went sideways late. Bailey over giving up a couple homers, Kent Maeda in long relief. But I think it's still, you still have to kind of consider that while things went poorly pitching-wise, the Twins are still lined up to be in pretty good shape coming into this one. They should be able to, um, you know, use the guys as they feel the situation dictates after Joe Ryan, whether it's uh, Joe Ryan for one, two, three, I would say up to four innings. But um you know, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, so uh, Christian Javier effectively wild five walks, um, but Twins kind of swinging at uh, everything that came out of his hand. The slider really, really nasty with the sun and shade uh, mix at Target Field in a day game. Now, with that said, and I mentioned this on the postcast too, uh, it didn't seem to affect Houston as much early on uh, with that Abreu homer. And I wondered, you know, the... The right-handed hitters, I mean, Alvarez maybe is obviously an exception, but the righties hit the ball better for the Astros early in the game, and I wondered if maybe there was a difference in the shadows between left-handed, right-handed hitters, twins going with a left-handed heavy lineup to combat Javier. Um, So I don't know if that's part of it. The other part of it is that Sonny Gray just hung a sweeper. Like, it was, it couldn't have been any more on a tee for Abreu. So, I mean... As much as it's the you know the the surroundings are the same for everyone, the atmosphere is the same. Everyone has the same situation they have to deal with weather wise and all that. Um, 
don't sleep on the fact that, yeah, he just piped a ball to Abreu. And that play at first base with Kirilov, I mean, I'll, I'll listen to arguments that it was a, an error or a hit either way. But that certainly helped things snowball rather quickly. Um, still not really enjoying the at-bats of Royce Lewis right now, but especially Alex Kirilov and Matt Walner. Uh, I just don't think either of those guys look comfortable. Um, I'm trying to figure out if – I'm, I'm hoping – there's nothing bothering Kirilov physically, but he just doesn't look right. And there's that play against Toronto, that bad throw where there was a little bit of a collision at first base. I'm hoping that there's nothing to that, and I'm not trying to speculate. I'm not trying to say there is or that I've heard anything to that effect, but it just makes you wonder. Um, you know, a guy who's been pretty comfortable at the plate all season when healthy, not looking comfortable, it certainly, you know, will uh, trip a trigger or two for you. And... Yeah, Matt Walner just all out of sorts, no hits in the series. Um, if if they're not going to swing it better, I need to see someone else swing it. We'll talk about that in the second segment. But other than, otherwise, too, you saw you saw the depth of the Astros lineup, top to bottom, on display. Um, even if you get guys like Bregman, Alvarez out, you have to contend with guys like Yanir Diaz, um, Jeremy Pena. Even Martin Maldonado had a big game. But when you don't stop the top of the order, then the bottom knocking you around is just kind of icing on the cake for them. Um, but the Twins kind of got the full uh, nine-course meal of what the Astros' offense is all about on a good day. Uh, the Twins have done a great job bouncing back from being punched in the mouth this year, especially in the second half. Um so I think they're going to come out with their minds right in this one. It's again, it's in front of the home fans. It's a night game now due to the Rangers sweeping Baltimore. Um, there's no reason for the twins not to show up, but it's, uh, it's going to be tough. Joe Ryan is going to have to answer a lot of questions and early. We'll talk about that here later in the show as well. I do want to kind of talk about Jose Urquidy. So Urquidy has been a mainstay for the Astros the last three seasons, he's made 20, 20 starts, 28 starts, and then 10 this year. Um, so just about 60 starts over the last three seasons. Uh, not a big strikeout guy. Really struggles with homers. Gives up a lot of fly balls. 5-2-9 ERA. Now, that's not entirely fair with how good he's been in the past. But his secondary numbers, a 538 FIP, a 545 X FIP, they're basically telling you that the way he's pitched and the results he've gotten, he's gotten are pretty much right in line with each other. It's the kind of guy the twins should be able to jump on. We'll see if that's the case, but it's just, he's a, a righty unremarkable. And that's not to besmirch or demean him. He's in the big leagues after all, but um, you know, he'll hit 92, 93, 94 with the fastball. Throws a lot of changeups, a lot of sliders, a few curves, uh, and it says he mixes in a sinker every now and then. Um, possibly that's just the classifications um, kind of mixing up his pitches. There's a little more movement on him from time to time. But either way, he's going to bring a very look, uh, lots of different pitches for the Twins to have to contend with. But this is, this is if you thought the Twins starting Bailey Ober in game one was a tough pill to swallow in terms of your chances taking a hit, uh, facing someone like Urquidy should turn that around. Um, with that said, I feel like we said that about the Twins all season long, and they really struggled to get um, 
over on those guys that you thought they should do well against. So we don't want to count our chickens or anything like that, but it's a good pitching matchup. If, if you were to want a reason to feel confident going into a possible game five, going into this game four, uh, is that the pitching matchup still drastically favors the twins, even if you're a little worried about how Joe Ryan pitched around midseason. So um, that that was the first little bit of stuff I wanted to get to. I also wanted to talk about um, people using catcher ERA. I had the, I had the, uh, I won't call it the audacity, but I did bring up the fact that I thought maybe Christian Vasquez should start this game and people start citing, obviously the offensive numbers aren't close. Totally get that. But catcher ERA and um, catcher ERA to me is a thing that has happened. You can measure what my ERA is with this guy catching, but did he catch a stretch of good starts for me, bad starts? Did he catch the same number of starts for me as the other guy did? Did he catch the same number of starts for me as he did for my other guy? And then are those numbers comparable? It gets muddier the deeper you go into the analysis of catcher ERA. And then you say, okay, well, what about sample size? What if the more season goes on, do those numbers become more reliable? Well, pitchers change over the course of the season. Um, the, the gap between how many games of each player you catch, how many times you have, grows as the season goes on. So I honestly don't know if the data becomes more or less muddy the bigger the sample size gets. But it's not any sort of analytical statistic. I, I know I used it in an episode last week kind of just breaking down uh, what I thought maybe a possible catcher timeshare would look like in the postseason, which has been all Jeffers all the time. But I, I was very careful to note that I didn't think it was actually analytical. It's a, it, it, it may give credence to a pitcher feeling more comfortable with a guy. It, it would be something where I would take those numbers to that pitcher and ask him, how do you feel about this? You have an ERA, a run lower with this catcher versus the other. Do you think there's something to that? And then what that pitcher says to me would override that if I was a coach or someone in charge. So it's data. It's something that happened, and I cannot dispute that. I just don't really put a lot of stock in it. So catcher ERA, if you're going to tell me catcher ERA is why Ryan Jeffers should start over Christian Vasquez or why Christian Vasquez isn't a better defender than Jeffers, I will probably shut that down uh, right all right, we should give our uh, our best to our friends over at FanDuel. Uh, they are a wonderful sponsor of ours, and we'll uh, we'll hit them up here. October baseball is back. Uh, we know it better than anybody here in Minnesota, but um, you can make your postseason debut. Uh, with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Join FanDuel today and get started with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Join, uh, you just got to visit fanduel.com slash lockdown to create your new account, and then you can get in on the action from the first pitch until the final out. Bet on everything from strikeouts to home runs to who will win the game. And if you don't want to wait the whole game to get a W, you can predict what will happen in the next at bat with quick bets. So head on over to fanduel.com slash locked on right now. Step up to the plate this postseason with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. All right, we are back. We are heading into the bullpen and we are going to talk about things 
I need to see in game four. Things I am jonesing to see from this Twins team in game four, which in turn would lead to a game five. Thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. If you're an everydayer, make sure to check back, hopefully for a game five preview. That's that's what we're all rooting for. That's what we're all looking for. Otherwise, um, you know, we've got a lot of fun stuff lined up. Timelines are a little tricky because we want to see the Twins through this postseason run. But uh, yeah, hang with us. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to have a really great offseason. Just hopefully it doesn't start too soon. Twins Astros game four at Target Field. It's the ALDS. It's Wednesday at 6.07, pushed back a few hours after the Rangers swept the Orioles. And it's going to be Joe Ryan versus Jose Urquidy. We'll have that breakdown, uh, a breakdown of those guys here in the rest of the program. But you can catch every pitch of the Twins hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Twins. So I, I got to think and kind of hear uh, preparing for the show. What do I feel like I need to see in game four for the Twins to force a game five? And uh, it actually split up kind of nice between offense and pitching. Um, so <laughs> for, for a show with segments, it's certainly a nice balance. We'll do the hitters first. Uh, and I think maybe this first one will be pretty surprising. Maybe it won't. Um, I need Royce Lewis to give me better at bats. I know he's the grand slam King. I know he had the two homer game to start his postseason career, but I feel like now every plate appearance has become a heat check and I have nothing but respect for Lewis as a player. He's an absolute stud, incredible player, all of that. But I think he's just, uh, I don't know if he's trying to chase the feeling or if it's, uh, amped up nerves. I mean, all of those things, very obviously normal for a young guy playing in his first postseason. But um, I just think the, the play appearances need to be tightened up just a little bit. They can't start 01, 02 every single time. Um, wild swings that, I mean, sliders away are going to be harder, right on right slider away will be a struggle for every right-handed hitter until it's not. And for some it's forever. But yeah, I just I think the first thing I think of is Royce Lewis hitting in that spot in the order where he's been hitting, you know, in the middle. Um, I need better plate appearances. But before he comes up, I want to see a little more aggression from Edward Julien. So it's almost like I want a freaky Friday Edward Julien and Royce Lewis because um, it's uh, it's one guy. I mean, they're both sticking to what they're good at. Julian is good at taking pitches. Royce Lewis is good at hitting pitches. I mean, they're good at both, but I mean, they're, they're calling card. Um, but Edward Julian is hitting in the low two hundreds with almost a 400 on base. I need more batting average from him. Now, like, don't get me wrong. I like the statistical meaning of that on base percentage. He's on base. He's polluting the bases, gives him a better chance to score runs. But I, I think there's just there's still too many called third strikes on him to where I'm like, oh, I'd be willing to take a couple points off that OBP if it uh, gives me a little more slugging percentage on the tail end of a batting average. And um, maybe counterintuitive because I know he's batting at the top of the order and he's kind of paid to do that or it's kind of his uh, his job. But I want to see him drive the baseball just a little bit more um, that uh, – that pinch hit 
RBI single in Houston was a pretty good indication of the kind of thing I'd like to see him do. But um, I don't want him to get out of his comfort zone. And at the same time, I just think he's letting too many hittable pitches go past. It's uh, probably a weird kind of sea of dichotomy to swim in. But um, I just want to see maybe a little, a tiny bit more aggression from Edward Julian. Uh, speaking of at bats though, I want to see the older guys getting at bats. Uh, I am ready for this game at least to sit down Alex Kirilov and Matt Walner. Um, to this point, neither has shown, um, not only results, but just in terms of like the eye test, you know, what they look like on the field to indicate to me that they need to be out there. Uh, offensively, they're just not providing nearly enough, uh, to justify having them in the lineup, no matter what. Um, I think what I would do, I'd have Solano start at first base. Uh, you know, it's against a righty and there's not going to be any lefties out of the bullpen. So I would probably not bat him super high in the lineup, you know, maybe seventh. Uh, but I would count on Solano just being the guy for most of the game, unless, you know, some kind of very specific situation ramps up where you like one of those guys better. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to using. Kyle Farmer, although I, I mean, you'd have to take Royce or Polanco out. I'm not doing that. Uh, I'm also not opposed to Christian Vasquez catching. Um, again, catcher ERA doesn't matter to me. It's more about, um, you know, what pitcher do I think can keep Joe Ryan where he needs to be um, in terms of uh, pitch execution and, and sequencing and all that. So um, I, I would listen to Vasquez, but I want to see Willie Castro and Donovan Solano out there in place of Kirilov and Walner. Um, I just need to back off those young guys, maybe just for one game. Um, then maybe I start them in game five. If there is a game five, see how they look and kind of adjust from there. Uh, but I want to see the old guys. Um, and I guess Willie Castro is not technically an old guy, but he's a, more of a veteran than those other two, um, or at least Walner. Uh, so yeah, just give me the old guys. Show me the old guys. I want to see the twins. Um, you know, take some of that pressure off those younger guys, because right now it doesn't seem like it's really uh, going all that well. And then my final point, it'll be a quick one because I kind of already glossed over it is uh, got to jump on Jose or Ur right away. Um, in these games where teams are going to go to their bullpen early, the twins, I suspect will Astros, same deal. Uh, jumping on the starter is going to be huge. One, you have to protect your own starter from that because Joe Ryan has been, so homer prone at times this season, but also too the bullpen's just going to be tougher by definition than uh, than Jose Urquidy. Uh, so if they don't get to Urquidy in the first three innings, your chances of putting up crooked innings become exponentially more difficult. So yeah, so my hope would be that they can jump on Urquidy. Um, if you chase them early, it stretches out that bullpen more, which is good because then it makes a game five pitching lineup much more um, kind of jumbled together. Uh, but if you beat up on Rikidi just enough to actually win the game and it doesn't hurt their pitching depth, that's still forcing a game five. Um, but yeah, so Twins have to jump on Rikidi because otherwise the Astros bullpen, uh, quite solid and is going to be extremely difficult to do anything against. Let's, uh, let's take a quick second here. We will uh, come back. We will break down what we need to see on the pitching side of things so we do have to give 
some love to our friends over at Jace Medical. Um, don't be caught unprepared. We we all have um, you know times where we're out of town and maybe don't have meds handy in case we catch a cold or have a little flu bug or anything like that. And uh, and Jace Case wants to be able to have you have those things on hand at all times. You bring it with you in your uh, carry on or your your luggage, whatever. Uh, but it, you know, I have my own. Actually, I can pull it out here. Got my very own Jace case, and it's got all kinds of stuff in it. Where if uh, you know, if I start coming down with a real nasty cold, I have a Z pack in there to you know give me a a boost until at least I can get to see my primary or whatever. Uh, but again, having that on hand means I don't have to do any sort of extra legwork if I'm um, you know out and about. Maybe I'm traveling with my family in remote part of North Dakota or whatever. Sometimes we go out there. Uh, it can be hard to get something if I forget a medication at home, that sort of thing. So Jace Case will have you taken care of ahead of ahead of the curve, which, which is um it's absolutely terrific. And you're not um you're not caught unprepared. You are empowered to care for not only yourself but your loved ones when unexpected situations come up. Um, the, the people at Jace handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. I got my Jace case quick too. I mean, it's it's incredibly fast and uh, it exactly does what you are hoping it would based on the description. Uh, you can get $20 off life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical. You just got to use the code locked on at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. And at the checkout, get $20 off just by using the code locked on. All right, we're coming down the home stretch here. Locked on twins getting you ready for game four of the ALDS. It is going to be Joe Ryan and Jose Urquidy, 6.07 p.m. first pitch this evening. You can catch every pitch of the Twins Hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Twins. And it's time to talk about what I need to see from this pitching staff today. The number one thing I keep hearing people say, and I don't agree with necessarily, I don't disagree with that totally, but it's not a 100% agreement. Why are you pitching to Jordan Alvarez? I get it. It's a results business. He's pounded the crap out of the ball. Extra base hits all series long. Every single hit um, basically teleports to second base from the second he touches the baseball. He's batting in front of the RBI leader. You can't just put him on in front of the RBI leader every single time. Like, again, I know he looks like prime Barry Bonds 2004 or whatever, 2001. Um any year in that stretch, but you, you can't just put him on. It's just like that. I, ref, I, I won't listen to it. I won't justify it. Now, with that said, what do the twins have to do to pitch to him? I, I'm going to lean back on something that I've heard a lot of very specific types of baseball analysts say, move his feet whether it's Jack Morris, Burt Blylevin, Tommy John, Jim Cott, you name it. They all have something in common. 
And it's more than just the fact that they got paid to throw the baseball. They all say move a guy's feet. Can Joe Ryan do that effectively with Jordan Alvarez? I don't know. But they've tried everything else. I mean, he's hitting everything under the sun. And again, I know, you just put him on, okay? But again, runs are going to be at a premium, and you're putting the Astros in position to score those. I mean, it's not the best of a bad situation. It's a bad situation, but I don't think making the best of it is just putting him on. There, there has to be a happy medium. I can, I can honestly say I don't know what it is specifically 100% because if I did, I'd probably be in the business. But I just I, I I reject the notion of just put him on. I, I I can't I can't wrap my brain around it. If you feel that way, feel free to leave a comment. I'd love to chat with you. I understand where people are coming from. It's a results business, and he gets results. But I just you can't put him on. You can't just walk him every single time. I don't know. I need Joe Ryan to have a statement first inning. And that's that's partially related to the first one. But really, I need him to come out and finish off that first inning, pounding his glove because he got someone swinging on a fastball up for strike three. Clean first inning um, with some wind in his sails coming off the mound. I need to see that. I need to see that because I believe he can ride that wave three, four innings and put the Twins in a good position with what we hope is them hitting Urquidy early. I mean, the approaches are probably going to be the same for both offense. It's just which one is more equipped to actually execute that game plan, which, spoiler alert, statistically is the Astros. But if Joe Ryan get pitches like his hair's on fire, I still I still like this team's chances. I really do. I, I really do. Um, but get me through at least three, Joe. I, I need four. I'm going to say four. Because if I can go five, six, seven, eight, nine with the five that I deem as the bridge to Duran at the back end, I'm feeling pretty good about that. Six innings, ugh, I mean, it's it's one more inning. It is what it is. I, I get that it's probably not that significant. And maybe just Chris Paddock throws an extra inning. Depends on where the Astros are on the lineup, that sort of thing. But I would really love Joe to go through four and get the bullpen line moving after that. Um, again, boom, 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 one at a time. Um, and take this thing back to Houston. That's what I need to see. Uh, but any hiccups early, and I'm not saying it's over, but any hiccups early will make it exponentially more difficult to um, execute this game plan. I think the wild card is, though, that Chris Paddock needs to be able to give back whatever Joe Ryan takes away if he can't go as far. Um, you know, if Joe goes two and the plan was for Paddock to only go one, you know, he goes an extra one, maybe an extra two. Um, that That's kind of the variable I'm only really worried about pitching-wise is um, it's all going to start with Joe Ryan. If you can line up after Joe Ryan, you've got a pretty good shot. But if uh, if there's any hiccups early, you know, that's why you play the whole game. That's why you fight. But it gets exponentially more difficult. Well, the next time we talk, 
we will know if there's going to be a game five or if there's going to be a cold winter ahead of us. And the cold winter is ahead of us no matter what. And the wild are starting soon. So it's going to feel colder than it really is. But will there be a game five? Or will we start our glance towards uh, the warmth of next spring after tonight? I'm seeing Twins pick up the W. We're back here to talk about a game five, maybe chop it up with the locked on Astros guys. Knock on wood, right? But we'll see what happens. Thanks for hanging out. We will be back with a postcast after game five. It will be me and Luke Inman. And again, hopefully we're breaking down the Twins getting on a plane to Houston. But until then, thanks for hanging out. This has been Locked on Twins.